In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Blessed feast to each of you. Today on this feast of the transfiguration of our Lord on Mount Tabor, uh, we could go to the heights of theology. We could talk about the uncreated light. We could talk about the intricacies of what is happening on what became the holy Mount Tabor, the place of our Lord's transfiguration before His disciples. We could talk about prophecy and the law. We could talk about the depths and the breadths of orthodox theology. But what I want to talk about today is the fundamental thing that binds all of the depths of theology there. The thing that our Lord is doing with His disciples and what He has gone to Mount Tabor to do. I want to talk about what He was doing, who was there, where He was, and what happened there. Why did it happen that way? So what was our Lord doing? At the beginning of this Gospel, He was doing what He always did going into retreat before a great event. He was going to pray in silence. In fact, some of the fathers even say that in his human nature, he was simply taking his rest and trying to rebuild his spiritual energy for the crucifixion that was to come. For this is, event takes place just after our Lord reveals to his disciples that he is journeying to Jerusalem to be crucified, and where Peter has said that he can't imagine that this would happen. But our Lord goes to gain his strength through prayer upon the mountain. And so he ascends, and he begins to pray, and the disciples fall asleep, Peter, James, and John. And when they awake up there on the mountain with Jesus Christ, they see Moses and Elias standing next to him. Indeed, those two men performed great miracles and gave the law, and they proclaimed the word of God upon a mountain, on Sinai and on Zion. And many of the fathers point out that in their prayers, in what Moses and Elijah were doing, they got to see God, but they didn't quite know yet who that God was. They couldn't see his face. And St. Gregory Palamas brings out, and many, many of the fathers, but Palamas is the pinnacle of this feast in bringing out what it is in prayer that is happening. And that means that our Lord did not change, but everyone around him became aware of who he was. Moses and Elijah knew and worshipped God as their father, the father of all of Israel, they couldn't see his face, and they only knew him, you could say, in the darkness of the clouds that descended and in the fire that descended upon the altar that Elijah had built on Zion. And they, on this day, the holy day of transfiguration, see who that God is because they converse with God about what he is about to do. They converse and see Jesus Christ in the flesh. They see his human nature and very shortly see him in the fullness and repetition of how God acts with his people. His glory descends. And so the disciples who are there witnessing this, 
they get to peek in to the depths of what it is that Moses and Elijah saw, and that they get to see the promise to those two great men of the Old Testament fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So we see who was there, and sort of why they were there. A promise fulfilled, and of the promise to come of who and how salvation would be accomplished. By Jesus Christ, who in his, the fullness of his human nature united to the divine nature, which they get to glimpse, as the hymns so beautifully say, as much as they could bear it. They glimpse the divine glory, and they hide their faces. And when that glory descends, Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, they disappear, and there is only Jesus Christ standing there in the midst of his disciples, raising them up and showing his face to them. So in this blessed, glorious feast of the transfiguration, there is this base layer that we should not ignore as we look at the depths and the height of theology that unites all of this. And that is prayer to our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we cling to this fundamental thing that it is only in prayer that we can see God and we can connect to him, we would run to it, we would make it part and as fundamental as our breath is. The disciples had no idea what was about to happen to them, what they could glimpse. In fact, they fell asleep. And our Lord, some of the fathers even say, wasn't in his human nature, allowed his human, did not allow his human nature to see what was about to happen. He was going about for the needs of his human nature to connect with his Father in heaven in prayer. And it's at that point when our Lord was there to prepare himself and the disciples who were simply following his invitation, Peter, James, and John, that they, the Father in heaven decided to reveal himself in the glory and brightness of the cloud and proclaim in parallel and complete what was begun in the Theophany Revelation. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But here in this feast, there's an addition. Our Father in heaven says after identifying Jesus Christ as his Son, he gives this command and says, hear him or listen to him. This is in response directly to Peter's words of not listening to our Lord as he says he is journeying to his crucifixion and to each and every one of us, that our God in heaven cares for us. So he shows us who and what to believe in, in our Lord and Jesus Christ, and that we are to follow him, what we are to do. So if we hear him, if we are listening to him, the glories of the transfiguration, of the uncreated light, we are journeying up Mount Tabor. We are journeying up Mount Sinai. We are journeying to Zion, that glorious mountain where God's presence is there. If we but take the step of prayer, following our Lord to Him, this is what awaits us, and this what can be revealed to us. Our Lord was not changed in the transfiguration. Simply, His and who He was was revealed to us, but we are changed when we witness that, and we become a new creation by the glory of God. This is what the transfiguration is, that we are more and more changed by God through the simple act of trusting, following, and praying Him. 
These are all one journey up that mountain with our Lord. And when we witness who He is in the fullness as much as we can bear it, then our Lord recedes after that revelation and we go about doing the work that He has called us to do, just as the great apostles did that witnessed this event. So may the glory of the transfiguration be our strength. May we have our eyes on our Lord Jesus Christ, that He reveal Himself in glory, that we are changed in the transfiguration that is revealed to us. Amen.